Single dad, why you mad? 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 So um, an artist, she went to Spelman and um, she does like freelance. She's amazing. So I have three pieces in here and I'll humor you guys with that later. But this is the first piece I got from her. Yeah, she's, she's dope. So she's dope. Dope is in your name. Right. And our name is Single Dad Why You Mad. So uh, we're going to say welcome back to another episode of Single Dad Why You Mad. Before we get started, obviously we have some uh, uh, some conversation going on. We are going to do a quick reflection on our weeks and then we are going to get to our guest. So Clark, how was your week? Yeah, my week was good, man. It's as always, busy, working on a lot of projects for work. Today was supposed to be a day off, and I spent it in the office, but then also had the opportunity to catch up with a friend I haven't seen in like 10 years, so that was pretty awesome. And then it was uh, today, running home from that that interaction to chef up some dinner for the kids real quick and be here promptly so that we could uh, record from a daddy note, some good stuff going on. The uh, oldest has made the president's list for school, so... All A's in her first semester of college, and we got the notification this week. How about you? So, my week with respect to parenting and being a dad was intense. I just got off the train. And when I say I just got off the train, what I mean is this year I'm sending my kid to summer camp. By summer camp, I mean instead of going to school for the months he's out, he gets up and he goes to the YMCA every day for camp, right? Right. Got activities, they do things, blah, 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 whatever else it is. It's kindergarten. And then you go pick him up at the end of the day. So in order to prepare him for that, I had a conversation with his mom about what they call holiday camp. Holiday camp means school is out this week, right? So the Y has a little thing that goes on where you bring him in, they do activities, you pick him up at the end of the day, right? It costs the same as daycare. And I figured this is a new opportunity for him. It's a new challenge for him. You know, he's got to be responsible for his lunch. He's got a knapsack. You know, all that other sort of stuff, right? And today was the first day, and it was his mom's job to take him. Mm -hmm. And um, I get a call around 10, 30, 11. So I actually got a call at 9.40-something or 9.15, uh, but I was in the middle of something, so I didn't answer. I thought they would just say, call in to say, hey, you know, it went okay, you know, he's there, blah, 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 right? I get another one at 10.40-something or maybe even 11.30 that says, uh, I didn't answer it. I look at the text message, and it says, so... Uh, Miles wouldn't go to camp this morning. He's with me at work. Can you come get him? Wait, what? Miles wouldn't go to camp this morning. He's with me at work. Can you come get him? So I call. She says he didn't want to go. He was being a problem when she tried to drop him off. I said, I'm coming to get him now. I go down. I get him. He had this bag packed with his lunch, a towel, bathing, you know, trunks, you know, a uh, bathing uh, cap because they get in the pool, you know, all that other sort of stuff. And uh, she didn't bring it down. So I said, where's his bag? She says, it's upstairs. I said, well, go get it. And she says, why? I said, because he's going to camp. I am of the position that if every time my kid says he doesn't want to do something, he wouldn't be able to do anything. And in order to prepare him for life, I have to push him lovingly. So she goes up, she gets the bag, she comes down, we drive up to the Y, we get to the Y. Um, I asked them what happened. They told me that, yeah, he was adamant about not staying. You know, um, he was all over mom. And uh, I sit down and I have a talk with him. And immediately he starts tearing, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, dude, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's the matter. You're a big boy now. You got to do big boy things. 
right? You know, um, this is just like school. It's no different than school. You got to go. Now he's in preschool, right? It's not a kindergarten. But this is just like school. You got to go. You got to go. You're a big boy. You do big boy things, right? I break out his lunch. I go and have lunch with him. You know, he eats half his sandwich. I eat the other half. He calms down. He starts crying. And he lets me know he's ready. So I take him down there with the other kids. And um, he's sitting down there with the other kids. They take out some coloring stuff. He starts coloring. I'm probably down there five to ten minutes. And then I walk over to him and I say, okay, I'm going to leave you here now. I'll be back for you later, okay? I'll come back and check on you later. And he gave me the thumbs up sign that he's okay, right? So now, traditionally, in these situations, right, I would have went ape shit with his mom. Right. But I'm going to read to you the exact text message that I sent her after that. Miles is in camp. He cried in the beginning, and I had a talk with him about he is now a big boy and needs to do big boy things. I made and had his lunch with him. He calmed down and said he was ready. We then went into the other kids and I sat with him for a couple of minutes and told him I was leaving and we'll check up on him later. He is good now. Here's the caption. Here's the part you want to pay attention to, right? Oh, Jesus. If this is too difficult for you, I'm speaking to his mom, then <sighs> I will get him in the AM and take him again. I understand how you feel, okay? Question mark, question mark. She sends back an okay, thank you. I sent back an okay, what? She said, I would appreciate you taking him in the morning. Now, to our guest, this is not the way it is normally over here, okay? Right. So I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you say this, and I'm... And I'm going to look and I'm gonna look for some feedback from you in a little bit, right? But this okay. is not the way it goes over here. You know what I'm saying? I am a work in progress. I am trying the best I can. I am the best I can. And, and it's wild because as you're telling the story, you're sharing the story, I'm sitting here listening because I'm like, yo, I'm not interrupting. I want to hear the whole fucking story, right? I want to I want to hear the whole, how this entire thing went down. And as you're telling this story, you're sharing this bit and you're sharing the text message because when you said you sent the text message, you see my face. I was like, oh, so, shit, so, David. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why can't you get that done? So... Uh, Right, but but the text message, what you chose to send the text message, like even when you were like, if this is too difficult for you, I had the initial cringe, and then you you caught it on the back. And it was like, I understand how you feel, and I was like, oh shit, fucking growth. That's dope. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that, and and I and it's interesting because you know as we share stuff about our kids and our weeks, like. I'm to the point where my kids are old enough where outside of the get the fuck out of bed and get dressed, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, and do your homework, it's pretty much a regulated routine. So I don't have that anxiety piece or, or that weekly like upheaval that I used to go through. And it's interesting that, you know, when I look back, we absolutely went through it. It's such a common thing for kids. It's like, okay, I bang with this group of kids here. I enjoy going to, to, to pre-K and this group of people because I have a routine. I'm familiar with them. Wait, what? You dropping me off where? With these strangers? Nah, son. Nah. Nah. And interestingly, 
just like from from like anecdotal evidence and conversations I've had and my experiences with it, a lot of dads are the ones who do the drop off. Because but this is not a new place for him, though. He's over there at the Y all the time. I think this has, so I'm going to leave that alone. I'm yeah. gonna, I could say what I think this has to do with, right? But is it the same group of kids in the same situation? It's not the same group of kids in the same situation, but he's in there all the time with him. Yeah. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows him. But let me, let me get to the, and then, and then we need to move on. Yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. I guess, right? What I said to myself in the moment at that time, right, is that this is probably, or this is obviously because we've been here before, something that she's just not good with. And if the ultimate goal is to have my kid in camp, then get my kid in camp. Because this is the warm-up for full camp throughout the summer, right? And although I can cover this thing probably for a week or a couple of days, I can't do it for the full summer. So, you know, I need to get him used to it. But that is co-parenting, right? In a nutshell. And that is a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Segway? Segway! Into our guest, right? Who is a single mother by choice, right? So you don't have these co-parenting woes, do you? She shaking her head no, but we are going to give her the opportunity to tell you, or to, to yes, to tell you about herself, who she is. Um, her Instagram is M-I-S-S Olivia Dope. Miss Olivia Dope. Am I pronouncing it right? That is correct. And it is dope mum of sorts. Mum, are you are you uh, from England? Because that's the way they so, say it. So my mom is from London. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and she is the author of Infertility Can't Win and, and Single Mother by Choice. And uh, she's got some other stuff like tech consultant, fashionista, and fixer. But I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, so why don't you tell our audience really quickly, as much as you want, um, about yourself quickly. And then we are going to obviously um, ask you a bunch of questions. Absolutely. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be on your show. Um, so my government is Nishira Benton. I am 34. I have a four-year-old and a four-month-old. Um, I am a single mother by choice. Uh, made the decision some time ago and fought through quite a bit to get here. I am a career woman. I work in IT for Fortune 10. Uh, do consultant work. Uh, my name, Miss Olivia Dope, on social media is because I'm a fixer. I fix lots of things in lots of different ways. And one area that I help lots of people with is getting pregnant, staying pregnant, um, and kind of making their family dreams come true, if I can, um, especially since I've gone through quite a bit of, of trials and tribulations myself. So that's a little bit about me. So um, where do you live now? So I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, and I'm going to remember to circle back on what you said about not just getting people pregnant, but uh, getting people to stay pregnant. Correct. Okay. So um, you're a single mom by choice. Um, tell us what that means. So by definition, it is a woman who chooses to embark upon the child creation, child bearing journey and child raising, rearing journey all by themselves. 
Um, certainly you can have your tribe, you can have your support network, whether it be your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, but essentially you are choosing to go along the creation of a child with or without a man, but knowing that he may not be around or your choice is that you do not want him around as a co-parent, as an uncle and air quotes or anything of the sort, like it's just you and the kid or kid. So it's primarily as as a donor of sorts. In Correct. That is it, and that is all. Yes. And and how do you do? Like, okay, for okay. So how did you come to the decision that you wanted to be a single mom by choice? Sure. So to be quite honest, I never wanted to be a single mother by choice. Oh, let me stop you right there. So let me stop you right there. Go ahead, Clark. Go ahead. So the question ultimately is. How the fuck did you get here? <laughs> and when sure. we say that, right? And I always explain this. I think people might even be tired of me explaining it, but that's our founding question, right? When I grew sure. up, I always saw myself as being, you know, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a couple of kids. I'm going to get a dog. I'm going to get a black picket fence. You know, we're going to have a house, two cars in the garage. I'm going to be married. We're going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And never thought that I would be co-parenting with my kid three or four nights a week. I never thought that this is what, so I said to myself one day, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> oh, yes, go. So when I was about 21, um, doctors found a tumor the size of a cantaloupe in my uterus. Mm -hmm. So at which point at 22, I had to have it removed. The way in which it was removed, I had to be sewn shut, which meant nothing could pass through that area of my body. Nothing could pass through my uterus, um, aka no child could come through me, else it would kill me. So. I was 22, wasn't thinking about having kids. I was living my best life. So did a bunch of things in life, traveled, accomplished, worked, published, yada, yada. Then I decided, you know what? I think I want to have a kid. How old, so were you, how old were you then when you made that decision? Roughly about 25, 26. Okay. And so I was like, I want to have a kid. Let me go ahead and get on with this. Um, met someone online who uh, ended up getting pregnant through some infertility um, trials. And I was like, well, teach me everything you know. Um, met another woman who gave me some tips and tricks. So I actually tried to get myself pregnant at home. I was getting sperm from a sperm bank and literally inseminating myself because what the ultimate story would have been to be able to say I got myself pregnant. Go to, okay, so this, I didn't I, know. You can go to a sperm bank and buy some sperm? Correct. At 26. Yeah, not every sperm bank allows it, but there are still a few that if you go through the process of getting paperwork submitted and all that other fun stuff, yeah, you can go get and how did, And how did you select? What, what, what? It's a catalog. It's like going to buy yeah. a car. You select oh, your make shit. model. It's like a make model thing. Yeah, make model year. And I mean, you can pretty much say, I want this person to be of a certain height, certain weight. Um, nationality, yeah. like education can, level. Yeah. yeah, you can build a bear. <laughs> you can build a child, <laughs> like seriously. And so it was a it was a extensive search, but it's a catalog. And so, I shook so, out so, with. So, so <laughs> how much does it cost to bring some sperm home the first time? Depending on the crowd bank, and I I have it in my book, but I I kind of did like an average. I think at the time, if I remember correctly, it was about five or six hundred bucks. Per vial. Oh, five or six hundred bucks each time. Per vial. Per vial. Per vial. And each and round that you want to get pregnant, you try to use at least two vials. So, so twelve hundred dollars. You go and you buy some vials, right? You take the vials. They're frozen, right? 
They're frozen, so you thaw them out. You I have a whole YouTube on this. You thaw them out. What? You put them on the. You put them in the. Uh, you put just put them <laughs> out and let them thaw. Yeah, you you bring them up to uh, body temperature. Yeah, okay. so you sit it on the counter and then it. I mean, it's in a cryo tank, so it's in like negative five hundred degrees or something insane. And wow. then when you sit it out in room temperature, it takes nothing to get it up to body temp. And then you you stick it under your boobs and then you let your boobs warm it up some. Nice. Yeah. Um, right. And it's a little vial. I mean, it's it's maybe an inch tall, right? Okay. And if you could cry, it would probably be about three or four tears worth of sperm. No lie. It's like a little bit for that much money. And then... You, you you take a turkey baster or something like that? You can you can do a turkey baster, but because I am super logical and anal, I was like, I'm not losing a drop of this. So they okay. have these things called instead cups. And usually what you women wear oh, when they're... Oh, I'm sorry, you broke up. Called what? Instead cups. Instead. So instead of natural insemination, it's an artificial insemination cup. <laughs> or instead of a tampon or a pad, you use this to capture yeah. your menstruation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so like the diva cup kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. There yeah, you go. That. Same thing. Same thing. Um, different name, but same thing. And so I put the um, sperm into the instead cup and then insert the instead cup inside of me and let it wrap around my cervix. And then your orgasm. And you hope the sperm meets the egg because obviously you're supposed to be ovulating at that point. And two weeks later, if it worked, you get a whoa, great. Whoa, 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 whoa! You <laughs> skipped by right by that a little. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Rewind, rewind, rewind. I, I heard it too. I was like, no, 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 no. Let me see if David caught that. Oh no, you don't. Oh no, you don't. We are all over twenty-one here. <laughs> you orgasm. You orgasm because the, why? Why do you have to orgasm? Because when a woman orgasms, her cervix opens up, and then it does a kind of a sucking motion, and in that, the idea is sucks. <laughs> this is the science of it, baby boy. <laughs> this you is a real thing. What's I'm up? Sorry, you read all of this. Did I read all of it? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm saying like yo, I didn't read it. Like I kind of twenty-five. Yeah, I did my research. One thing I am, I'm a researcher. Okay, so your orgasm, it's sucking mm -hmm. up inside, right? Elevate your hips and lay in it. Lay there in the moment Elevate with your yourself. Hips. Okay, elevate your hips. All right. Yep. And how long does it take before you know anything? Um, two weeks. It takes about 14 days. And you should do this, obviously, when you know you're ovulating. So you're tracking your ovulation. Uh, Correct. And, and that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. And you were pretty spot on with your ovulation schedule? Correct. Okay. Um, so go ahead. Um, and, 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 and then, you know, 14 weeks go by. or so 14, 14 days. Uh, 14 days go by. Go 14 ahead. days go by and nothing. I did this roughly four times at the house. So three or four, somewhere that, honestly, it's been so long. And it's in the book. But three or four times I did that process, which means each time two vows do the math. Yeah. Um, it never worked. So as I mentioned, I met someone online and she'd gone through the process of actually using a fertility doctor and gave me the information. At the time I was living back home in DC. So, and she lived in Atlanta and she was like, well, I have a great doctor, you know, talk to him over the phone, you know, maybe he can do a consult, blah, 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 blah. 
So I told him about my situation and he was more than happy to help. And that, that should have been a red flag number one. But um, he was more than happy to help without having seen me, without having done any blood work, whatever the case may be. So I told him I could um, make a trip down to Atlanta. It was around my birthday. So he was like, okay, well, I'll start you on your fertility meds. So I'm starting these fertility meds back home in D.C. with the intention of coming down to Atlanta for my birthday to get inseminated. That is like the biggest red flag. You should not be doing anything with any doctor without having any type of work done at all. Workups, blood work, paps, all of that. Like, I mean, there should have been a whole workup. And he was like, nope, here's your meds. Had he seen your history at all? Like, had you fast Oh, sorry. Nada. Zilch. Like, this was like a botched up job kind of thing. But I was so excited. I'm like, boom, I'm ready to get pregnant. Like, game on. So I'm taking these pills. And these pills, when you're doing this process, you're ideally not supposed to create more than one or two eggs, right? Because when you go and get inseminated, whatever eggs ovulate are the eggs that have the potential of becoming fertilized. Which is right. why people end up with quadruplets and all that other sort of stuff. Well, that's how Optomom ended up becoming right. Optomom because she had too many eggs and the doctor told her to cancel the cycle and she decided to have sex with her husband anyway. And bada bing, bada boom, she got all of them fertilized and then some of them split. So, so, so that's what happens when they give you the fertility drugs. I'm asking, I don't really know, is that it just produces more eggs, right? Correct. And and um, the intent is also for it to be quality eggs, not that's just right. producing eggs, but helping the quality of those eggs um, as well. So you, have vi- so you have more viable eggs and a more viable cycle. So like, like, I used I'm to have to get them been through this. <laughs> I have! Oh, okay. I have. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We, so exactly. We did a little bit of science for a couple of them. Okay. So there you go. So that's pretty much it. So each time, and lo and behold, I went to him several times, but each time I was creating like six eggs. So naturally when I go get inseminated on my birthday, I'm like, this is the one, like we're in here. Like, boom, legs spread open. He's like putting the catheter up in me, shooting the sperm in me. I'm like, timing was perfect. You selected that sperm also. Correct. Okay. Yep. And had it shipped to him. Um, so I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one. Got it. It's my birthday. Boom. God wouldn't fail me. Gotcha. Didn't work. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm so glad it didn't work. Well, I'll tell you this. It was it made for a horrible Christmas. My birthday's in November. Yeah. So when it didn't work, I was like, kill me, take me now, Lord. Like I'm done with this earth and done with this life. Because of course you're devastated. But I'm glad it didn't work because your girl could have ended up with six. Now, I would have lost my shit. Now, there is a thing called selective reduction, but who wants to go get pregnant with six and then have to decide how many you're going to let them take out of you or, you know, reduce? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that's the thing. And I don't know that I would have mentally been able to deal with that. Your birthday at this time, how old were you at that time? I was, I think I was turning 26. You were turning 26. Mm -hmm. And how much money would you say you have spent? Since the Total time- or at that point? At, at that, that point. Whew. Um, with Because de- at that point, I had to actually pay the doctor. So I would say I was in the whole total from day one up to that point, maybe about three, four grand. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so let me ask you one question, though, before you go on, right? Mm-hmm. You said that you had a surgery that had your uterus uh, closed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, myomectomy. Mm-hmm. Say it again. It's called a myomectomy. 
a myomectomy. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm dumb, how would you uh, be impregnated if because the baby sits in the uterus, right? Correct. Yeah. So I can always get pregnant. I just couldn't give birth. Birth. So this. Oh, so the, so the so sperm would go in, but the baby coming out because you were sewn up was in a vi- was in a viable situation. So you Correct. just have to have a C-section. Correct. Exactly. So you'd have a planned C-section. Correct. Okay. All right. Exactly. And the other piece that I forgot to mention. Look at me learning stuff today. There you go. (laughs) Um, But the other piece I forgot to mention, I also have really bad endometriosis, cysts, and some other polyps. I have like a cocktail of stuff. And so I was a candidate for hysterectomy. And I think it's a law or a best practice that a doctor um, should not perform a hysterectomy on a woman that's younger than 30. I think maybe the age has been um, uh, increased, but... At that time, my doctor was like, uh-uh. So I had a choice, partial hysterectomy or go have kids. But with the partial or full, if it had gotten to that place, kids were a no-go right. or a very slim possibility. So I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I got to make a choice. And so I opted for the whole single mother um, by choice. So is that what pushed your timetable forward to, to start having kids? Yeah. Correct. Because I was out there living my best life. To be quite honest, um, you know, but you get put in a crossroad, you make a choice. So, so you mind if I ask what you were doing for a living at that time? Sure. So I work in IT um, and I believe at that time I was doing some consultant work. Okay. So you were pretty smart and on the go and managing and making money mm-hmm. and doing things where you could live, you know, your life. Like you said, you were living your best life. Where'd you go to school? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah, so undergraduate, I went to Bowie State University, and graduate, I went to... Slow down, slow down. Oh, sorry, I speak fast. So undergraduate, I went to Bowie State University, Uh huh. and then for graduate school, I went to Georgia Tech. Okay, all right. And were you living at home at this point, or out on your own, or what was the case? Oh, so I was out on my own once I left, uh, or graduated high school. So at this point, um, when I first started my journey, I moved back home to D.C. for a little bit. And by back home, I just moved back that direction. I always lived on my own. Um, And then when I got really serious about this journey, things were not working out. I reload um, to Atlanta, back to Atlanta. So I could like really like work with these doctors. They could actually do blood work and all the things they were supposed to do um, and that it would be convenient for me. And um, just moving back just a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Um, you grew up with mom and dad or? Just grew up with mom and mm-hmm. an older brother. And an older brother? Yeah. And was it ever your vision to be married and have children and all that other sort of stuff? Or was it always, I'm going to, you know, were you always a lone spirit? No, you know, so I, I always knew I wanted children. And crazy enough, I always knew I wanted eight um, <laughs> children for whatever reason. I don't know why that was the magic number, but it was. But I don't know that I ever thought about having doing it like in a relationship or having like a husband or anything of the sort, because I didn't see that growing up. Yeah. So it wasn't that I ne- didn't necessarily want it. It was just didn't see it. So it wasn't a part of the image or a part of the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So like I always say to be a thing, you got to see a thing or conceive a thing. Like you got to see it in practice in front of you, or you got to realize that that gap needs to be filled. Correct. Um, and you said mom is originally from London. From London. Yes. All right. And so, is extended family here or is it just mom being here from London in the States and like that nuclear family of you, mom and your brother? Or? Um, it's 
it's actually quite a few of us here. So there are some cousins, some uncles, some aunts, and all that other fun stuff. And then my father is from Jamaica. Yeah. So same thing. There are, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, et cetera, here, but then others are back home in Jamaica. So was there ever a boyfriend or something like that that you were, you know, high school sweetheart, college sweetheart? So um, I'll answer that in two ways. One, I was so busy being a nerd, to be quite honest. I was like tunnel vision, scholarships, you know, achievement, getting certifications, licenses. So I should have spent more time, you know, focused on relationships. But even when I did, I was actually dating women at the time. So even with that, it wasn't like she was going to accidentally get me pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. you know, whether I was dating somebody or not, and I hadn't been at all during the times I was going through the conception phases, even if there had been somebody, you know, there, it wouldn't have been of much use to me because you can't help me. Right. <laughs> You're just moral support, maybe? Okay. All right. So, uh, I'm going to fast forward or ask that you fast forward. Sure. Um, you, you, you tried. You didn't get pregnant. When was the first time you actually got pregnant? When and 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 tell us about that moment. Like, where were you? What were you doing? You were in yep. the bathroom. Shit, I'm tired of using this goddamn turkey baster or thermometer or population <laughs> and all this other fucking bullshit. This shit yep. ain't fucking working. These bitches got one more time to make this yep. shit happen, and I'm gonna pee on this stick. And if it don't happen now, fuck it. I just made all that shit up, but good. You are almost spot on. So I was about, um, uh, I was 28. And by this time I found out I had to go through IVF. Come to find out my fallopian tubes did not work. So your fallopian tubes are supposed to open and close. Mine just sat open, which means I'm glad I never got pregnant before because I would have had ectoplic pregnancies, which would have landed me in. I'm sorry, uh, what toplet? In top of pregnancy, so basically the the baby would have attached inside the food, well, in the tubes mm-hmm. versus being inside the uterus and being viable. Uh, actually, that's what my grandmother on my father's side died of. Oh yeah, and so there you go; it can kill yeah. you. Um, which means whenever you do get pregnant um, with an ectopic pregnancy, you have to have surgery to have your tubes removed and the baby removed. So, and all, all the bazillion times that I tried to get pregnant, it didn't work. In hindsight, it was a blessing um, that it didn't work, but it sucked in the process. And that was going to be my question because you said earlier, like, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Like, well, why? Yeah, it was a blessing in more ways than one. It was a blessing. Um, Also, just a real quick pin, and I promise I'm going to answer your question. Um, I was picking donors who had CMV, and I cannot pronounce it, so don't ask me. But long story short, it's like having sickle cell. And if you procreate with someone who has it and you don't have it, your child will get it more than likely. Then you have a lifetime worth of troubles. Um, it's the best way I can explain it. And so, so how? So why were you picking those donors, or you were you were not knowingly picking those donors, and then finding out on the back end of? Well, apparently it said on their profile they had CMV. I just wasn't educated at that point that that was something to be made aware of. It wasn't until I went to a doctor who actually knew her stuff, did my blood work, did my workup, did all the right things she was supposed to do and not have a malpractice suit against her. Um, She told me about the CMV and I was like, holy shit. I went back and I looked at all the donors I picked and they all had CMV. So I'm wow. glad none of those worked. How many was, different donors did you pick at this point? I went through about three different ones because when things aren't working out, you start to think like, 
well, shit, maybe it's the person I'm picking. So let me yeah. change the donor. And I kept changing donors. I think I was on to like my third donor before I realized, um, one, there was more wrong with me than I knew. But then yeah. two, I shouldn't have been picking them anyway. Because had- meanwhile, you're like, oh, CMV, cash money, vivaciousness. This is great. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. So oh, shit. I'm so glad it didn't work out. So fast forward when it finally did work, um, uh, had to go through IVF. That ran me twenty plus thousand dollars, and so of course you got to pay that shit up front. This isn't like, hey, we'll give you a baby, and then you know you can pay us later, maybe. So they were like, yeah, we need our money up front, and I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to just give you twenty thousand? So now I'm all getting upset. Like, if I were white, I wouldn't have to deal with this, and I would (sighs) spend money, and my parents would just be like, here you go. Like, I was like, pissed. So now I'm like cussing God out every night. It it was like all the way like live for me at that point in my life. So I pray to God, I say, look, you will have to give me this funding, give me some type of care credit, some type of loan, some type of something, or this is done, done. I'm getting my fucking tubes and everything taken out and it's a wrap, like no kids, no lineage. I'm over it. Like I was pissed. So one particular week I uh, submitted like seven or eight applications for different um, medical loans. And you know, like you get your nose done and your teeth done, your boobs done. I'm like, all right, somebody's going to give me a baby. Not only was I getting denied by a lot, the ones who were willing were only willing to give me pieces of it. So like I told you, I needed like 20 grand. One of them would be like, we'll give you three grand. Another would be like, we'll give you 1,000. Another would be like, we'll give you six. So by the time it was all said and done, I had the 20. However, it came piecemeal. So then when I did the math, it came up to over $1,500 a month in repayment for four years. Wow. Like, who the fuck is paying that? Like, not me, not for me. That's a mortgage. It's a mortgage. They weren't giving you that they were going to loan it to you. Shit. <laughs> Listen, Ma, if you was paying that, I'd have give you one of mine. I got three upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Oh, so no, I was no, like, let me ask. So they weren't giving you the money. They were loaning it to you. Correct. 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 It was definitely, these were definitely loans, like a massive ass credit card loan kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and, and and the financial guy in me is asking, what was the interest rate like on those things? 29.9%. Jesus Christmas. So, so they're basically like charging you credit card, like not even credit card rates, like Worse. bad credit card or extortionary credit card rates. And like, I had amazing credit. So this wasn't an issue of credit. And every right. time I tell somebody this story, they're like, well, why? Like, you have to remember, when you go and you buy a car and you get financed, they can come repo the car. When you get a house and you don't pay, they foreclose. When you right. get tips, they can't cut your shit out. When you get a nose job, they're not going to, like, punch you in your shit and, you know, break. reshift your nose. And when you have a baby, they don't say, hey, run me that child. Uh, they get it, their money. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. The nose and the baby thing, I'm like, I'm from Brooklyn, maybe. You know <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe they might. Um yeah. So that's why they charge the interest rate so high. Long story short, one of one of the companies was willing to give me the entire amount, and my payments were only five hundred dollars a month for four years, yeah. which was a lot more palatable than fifteen hundred spread over however many um, people. Yeah. So got the money, started the process, started shooting myself up with needles, and it's a arduous process of needles, 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 and more needles, and pills, and pills, and more pills. Um, and it worked. I uh, got a donor who didn't have CMV, so I learned my lesson. Um, mm-hmm. Got in, uh, They went through the process of inseminating the eggs. Um, I paid for all the extras, a.k.a. 
getting the sperm shot right into the uh, egg as opposed to like putting in a petri dish with the egg and the sperm and hoping that one of them, you know, takes. Like if you remember the beginning of was it look who's talking? Look who's talking. Yeah, instead of that, it was like we're just gonna take the the needle and shove it right on in the egg and bloop, and it's fertilized. Also, I had um, the top portion of the egg sliced off, so it kind of opens it up a little bit. So when they put it inside of you, it has a, a more optimal chance to attach to the inside of your uterine wall. So I paid for all the bells and whistles. Short of selecting the gender, I paid for it all because I was like, we're going to make this happen. If I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay it all so that I can have what like, you, why, So why you didn't go to extra stuff and do the gender sort? Because like, I didn't give a shit what I got. It could have been a baby monkey and I was right. like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If they give me, I'm going to take it. Right, I got you. Are you telling me that you can select the agenda? Oh, you can, yeah. You can increase it. I don't know if, if it's no. perfect, no. but you can, you no, can no, increase no. it. You you can select gender. It's so perfect now. Oh I, yeah. Oh, they nailed that. Yeah, because oh, it used to be it. that you can you can increase the the likelihood mm-hmm. of you getting a specific gender, but it wasn't like ninety percent. It was it was it was like upper eighties or ninety percent. It wasn't hundred uh, percent. We're at like ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Carry a few more nines. Tell me how. Tell me how. Um. So what they do is you go through all the things I just said. You get fertilized and your eggs grow. And instead of putting them back in you, which is considered a fresh cycle, they freeze them. They send them to a lab frozen. They thaw them out. And then they do genetic testing to make sure, like, you're not missing a chromosome and some other fun stuff. But also in that, don't ask me the process, but they can figure out the gender. So then they're able to tell you, hey, of the six that you sent over, five are boys, one is a girl. And here's the girl, and here are the five boys, and you now have your pick. What do you want to put back? So which is how a bunch of celebrities end up having twins, and it's always a boy and a girl, which by nature is highly unlikely. So all those celebrity pregnancies were like, oh, we had twins, and it was a boy and a girl, and I'm done. And I did it when I was like 50. (laughs) Right, yeah. They definitely pay for it. It's like, that's not how nature works. Not at all. (laughs) So when did you find out you were actually pregnant that it took? So like a crazy person, the day after they inseminated, I started peeing on dollar store uh, pregnancy (laughs) tests. Because I was like, look, I'm not going to wait for the blood work two weeks later. I'm going to know and I'm going to cry myself to oblivion if it doesn't work. I'm going to know by myself in the comfort of my own home. So I was in the bathroom. So you kind of like hit the uh, nail on the head story. I was in the bathroom. It was Halloween and I'm peeing on these six. I was doing it at the top of the morning and then at the end of every day, like I'm going to know. So at some point it, the line started to show up, but it was so faint, like so, so, so faint. So I'm like, man, am I high? Like, no, am I? Cause you know, you start to imagine things when you really want it. You'll see stuff that's there that is not there. So I kept doing it every day. And by day six, after being inseminated for sure, I saw a line and I was damn pregnant. And I stood there in disbelief, like, nope, this isn't, nope, nope, because I've done this with, nope, this isn't real. So I called my best friend um, on FaceTime, and I'm like, this thing says I'm pregnant. She's like, you're not supposed to tell me. And I was like, yeah, 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 but no, no, because we're going to go through this disappointment together. (laughs) Sure enough, I was pregnant. And the reason why I showed up so quickly is because I was pregnant with twins. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, a few weeks after that, I lost one, and then so one stuff. So that's what I was going to get to um, when I mentioned it earlier. I saw mm-hmm. a posting that said, "I guess you got a charm or something like that." Yes. 
So that actually isn't for the one I lost when I was when I had twins. I actually had gotten pregnant thereafter and lost that baby too. Yeah, so I've gone through two losses. And so after you had the first, then you were ready to have a second. and then Right, because I had some eggs left over that were frozen. Mm-hmm. And I'm all in about getting my money's worth, especially since right. I'm paying so damn much. So we're going to run these babies until we run out, okay? So um, funny, the next year, so I had my son. So fast forward a little bit. I had my son um, in June of 2015. So love my life, amazing kid. Fast forward, I was like, well, ready to do this again. So I went and got inseminated on leap year of the next, or leap year day of the next year. So February 29th of 16. Um, I went and got pregnant again, and it worked. But then in April, they started to see uh, abnormalities, like kind of growing on the sack, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually I started to lose it. So we just went ahead and did a DNC, a.k.a. they took the baby out. Just yeah. so that, you know, nothing extra maybe could have or could not have happened. We will never know that. But just, you know, err on the side of caution of not necessarily. I mean, it's a hard choice to make. But if you are forced to, you will do what you have to do. But I don't know that I would have been able to mentally take care of a special needs child if that's what it would have been. Or if the child had passed away, like inside of me, kind of yeah. like a silver kind of thing. So... And then on top of that, I had to be very careful because I had really bad postpartum depression with my first son. And so I didn't want to spiral into any dark space again. So I was like, okay, well, you know, this is maybe the universe correcting itself. I would never have guessed that about you just by, you know, listening to you. I would never have guessed that about you, that you had really bad. uh, I was out of my rabbit ass mind. You hear me? (laughs) Like, I was Gone with the wind. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, for a while, for a while, my son was an it. That child, that boy, him. I never addressed him like as if he were my own. I literally did enough to keep him alive. That that was it. Like nothing more, nothing less. He got fed, diapers changed. That was it. I didn't hold him, didn't rock him, nothing for the first three and a half months of him being alive. Holy shit! Did you know? Hell no, nurse, please. For and the reason why, one, because I was out of my rabbit ass mind, but then two, found out by day six he was allergic to my breast milk because whatever I was eating was binding him up. So his jaundice was starting to go out of control. And they were like, if you don't get this under control, we're gonna put him in the NICU. And I'm like, well, I can't, you know, so I'm like I'm like beating myself up. I'm a I'm a horrible mother. I'm not breastfeeding when I do, I'm killing my you know, it, again, spiral. So he was un- he was under the the, the 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 heating lamps and all that too, right? With right. When he first lessons. came out, and then we yeah. went home, and then the Johns didn't get any better, and they were like, "If you don't fix this shit, he's gonna be in the NICU." And I'm like, yeah. nah, you know." So I go right. into this like fight so, or flight. Yeah, and then it, it ends up causing you to spiral downward because you know the the, the self loathing that goes along with the the alert allergy right. to the milk and so on and so forth. Yeah. In and, addition to, and I'm at this last little bit. Um, I had a C-section. Yeah. knew this right because right. you know right. way back when but the thing is when you don't have a a natural delivery however you define that when you're not in there like pushing and i hate you great kind of thing <laughs> pitocin and all that good stuff gets pushed out and which means your hormones get flushed out well remember yeah. i've been pumping my body for weeks with all types of hormonal medicines etc to create eggs to create life and so then when you go and just get a baby cut out of you and you don't flush your system of those doing, hormones. Yeah. Of those hormones, at some point your body's like, oh, there's no more baby. 
okay, we'll get rid of it. And I went from being like, I am right now to like, right. Yeah. So, and, and even with, even with women who have the vaginal deliveries, like postpartum depression is some real shit. It's it like, really is. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it can completely take you out of being this loving, happy and jovial person that you were 99.9% of the time to like, you know, fuck this, fuck you, and fuck everybody, and fuck that little person, too. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I was crying sun up to sundown. I couldn't shower, eat. I was like, fuck all of that. Like, n- normal, like, mundane, regular things, not happening. Didn't yeah. care, didn't want to care. It was, it, life was just a wreck for me. It was over. And, so, and how long did it take before you, I guess, leveled out or, or returned to the center? Well, I realized I was fucked up about like two or three weeks after I gave birth. I was like, something ain't right. And yeah. then it was do that whole, more blessed, do that whole Christian pray it out thing. I was like, but I eventually went to the damn doctor. I was like, all right, something's not right. Give me some shit because I'm, I'm going to take us out. Like, do something. He's like, are you really going to kill the baby? I was like, no, I'm not going to kill the baby. Just give me some shit. So I had to negotiate <laughs> to make sure like they knew I wasn't like, I was I was crazy, but I wasn't crazy. Homicidal, like, right. Right. I mean, I was nearing it, but I wasn't really that, like, at that point. So they gave me some medicine. Um, they gave me quite a few meds, actually. And within, it was like a fast release one. Within three days, I was like, your girl's back. Let's do this. And I mean, I literally went from who was this child to, oh, my baby, he's amazing. Now I'm taking pictures. I'm showing up places. I mean, literally, it was like somebody pushing the fucking button. Yeah. And I was back. So when did you decide to have another one? Uh, so after my first, it was that following year. And then after that, I tried, I think, one or two more cycles and none of those worked. And I was pissed because all that money that you spend, et cetera, et cetera. Then I was like, all right, God, I think I got one more in me. <laughs> so if you're going to let this work, make it work this time because if it doesn't, shit out of luck. Um, so uh, about this time last year, actually, um, I went through the process again because I had to get my fallopian tubes removed. So fast forward, had some more issues with these damn fallopian tubes and they were like, take them out. So went ahead and took them out in December of, what was that, 18. And then by January of 19, we were ready to go. Started the process all over again, shoot myself up like I was an addict. And on February 2nd, I was inseminated with two. I only made, I made like a handful and three made it. And the day that I was supposed to transfer, one died. So they only had two to put back in, and one of them stuck, and he's currently asleep. So I found out by, I don't know, I was testing every day like a crackhead, um, being on the sick every day. And within this time, it took like eight days. So like by day six, I was like, this shit didn't work. Last time I knew on day six, and now this shit ain't working. Like, what the fuck? Like, I was losing it. I was like, ah. And I I had to tell my, well, he was three at the time. I had to tell my three-year-old. Mommy's not gonna be happy for like a few more days. Like, just, <laughs> you're gonna have to just do like I was pissed. <laughs> I was mad, but I was like, "Fuck it!" I still have like ten more, you know, pregnancy tests. I was like, I'm just gonna keep peeing on them. And sure enough, I did. I was like, "Is that a lie?" And it worked. And so, oh. pregnant <laughs> again. So, so, talk to us about your life as a single mom, because okay. You grew up with a single mom, right? Yeah. You're pretty, you know, um, um, that's what you saw, right? Correct. Um, But has there ever been a moment or a time when you said to yourself, God damn it, 
I wish I had somebody else here to help me uh, rock in the sleep while I take a shower or make the bottle while I, or why I always got to call my sister or my mother to babysit? Why can't they, you know, uh, my, and I said daddy, and I recognize that it doesn't have to just be a daddy, right? But why can't my co-parent just sit here and watch these kids while I go get my nails done? Oh, can I pee with the bathroom door closed? <laughs> she got her nails done. That's why I, I use that as an example. Okay. Yeah. Um, is pig pussy pork? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Every goddamn day I wake up, I'm like, why well, is there no one else here? Bravo. That's how that's how much I mean it. Right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I swear every day I at least think it. I might not say it, but I think it. So let me also add, I'm the only one in Atlanta. So it's me and my kids here. None of my family. Nobody is here. Yeah. So if it's not for my sorority sisters or some really great friends that I've made along the way, I literally have no help unless I pay for it. And even with that, as much as I am self-made. Who wants to pay for having someone to come watch your kids just so you can, like, go get your nails done or have a drink at a bar or go be a thought if you like? Like, you have to pay for that. Like, people don't understand, like, in order for me to go to a movie, I'm already paying to go to the movie before I actually get to the movie. Right. And then you kind of don't want to do it. Every day, I swear, I think about it. Like, when my four-year-old is like, Mommy, can I have a kiss? And I'm like, I know you see me feeding your brother. Like, give me a moment. Or I know you just saw him vomit or shit all over me like yes i wish i had another pair of hands to either help or to distract sometimes it's just put focus elsewhere yeah. it will help me to just decompress so yes every day i wish i had help every day but this is the life i've chosen until somebody comes along and wants to be a part of it you know until then i just kind of work with it in a stride I, I i'll say this my four-year-old is amazing and i know everybody thinks their kids are amazing but he is <laughs> he is super independent he can do his own laundry short of actually cooking he can pretty much get his own breakfast together he gets himself dressed he knows the routine every morning so with the exception of maybe me making sure all the boogers are out of his nose and his hair is like slipped down properly I don't have to take care of him at all in the morning. He does it himself, which gives me the opportunity to take care of the baby. And so that way we're all getting done within 30, 35 minutes in the morning at the same time. And we're able to hit it out the door and we're good to go. Like routines have helped me tremendously. Yeah. See, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, that's I'm sorry. You had something, Clark? No, I was just saying that routines are important. Like, you know, versus my house where it's like, they know I'm not going to kill them. So they're like, girls anyway, whatever, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did you select your uh, donors now that you knew? Um, sure. What, 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 what was your selection process? Um, so like I said, it's like buying a car. It's a whole lot of options. Um, I personally did not want Anglo-Saxon white at all, period. Like, out of question. Also did not want... Uh, African-American in the traditional sense because, you know, my family from London, other part from Jamaica, unfortunately, a lot of black people don't donate. And I'm not sure if they don't know there's a need or maybe there isn't a need because it is based on supply and demand. So there actually weren't any options for that, even though I didn't necessarily want like um, African-American. I was looking if it could have been maybe Jamaican or Trinidadian, like some type of Caribbean, but that wasn't an option. No options for that. So then 
I didn't go with like South American because they tend to be on the little shorter end and I'm not the biggest person in the world. If, again, if I'm gonna build a baby, I prefer certain features. So after you start literally on the website, you can minus out what you don't want, what you don't want. You start just narrowing it down. Oh, you're doing it online versus being in person in the bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're doing it online. So this is like auto trader for babies <laughs> or, or, or cars.com for babies. Um, and so I'm like, taking away this feature, that feature, this feature, adding that and, feature, adding this. And you can like choose height and like educational level and like Correct. level of fitness and- Correct. Wow. If they're anonymous or open, like you can literally do it all. So I shook out um, at, in, in education is extremely important to me. So with all of that, I ended up shaking out with an Egyptian and I think he was, the other guy was Persian when it was all said and done. And the Persian guy was like six, five, 200 and like 50, but he was something, he was like a linebacker in my brain. Cause they don't show you at the time they didn't show adult pictures. Yeah. So I was like, all right, do I go with that one or go with the Egyptian who is five, eight, you know, athletic frame, et cetera, et cetera. Like one eighty, I think soaking wet kind of thing. So I was like, okay, shorter side mm, or big. But I was thinking like, if you had a girl and she got all of the donors features, you'd be pissed that she was built like a linebacker. So I was like, all right, well, now said, I'm going to go with the Egyptian. So my kid's father, um, he's an Egyptian. Um, he's 5'8", like I said, about 180 pounds, soaking wet. Um, he has several degrees. He graduated in the top of his class. Um, he is very athletically inclined, dot, dot, dot. There's so much information I know about his parents as far as like their health and their uncles and the sisters and their grandparents, like everything you could want to know, you know. And they provide really adorable um, baby, baby pictures. Baby. So I at least knew that my kids wouldn't look like Quasimodo, at least. <laughs> so that works for me. So, so, so then the first question I ask myself when I hear this, and it's fucking amazing, right? I'm, I'm amazed. Uh -huh. Why is this person donating sperm? Like, who is going to donate sperm? You figure so, they're donating sperm because they need the money or something like that. I don't even know how much they pay. How much do they pay? For it guys, be, not much. A couple of grand, but so I I feel it's it's not a lot, right? And it depends on your supply and demand, right? Like, do you have to keep going back because you're just you know so well loved that people want to just keep using your sperm? And yes, there are caps on that, but I think it's one of the two extremes. You're either really chivalrous and stop, stop, stop. Are you telling me that if I go there and I donate some sperm, and then people keep asking for my sperm and they run out, they're gonna call me and ask me to come back and get more? Absolutely. But there's, I, I, a, there's a cap on the number of families that can create with your sperm, but there is not a cap on the number of kids that can be created. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you, so basically, if one family wants to have 10 kids with your sperm, they can do that, but you're limited to like five families in a geographical area or something crazy like that. Something to that nature. I don't know that they'll ever share exactly yeah, the, what, the, what the algorithm, yeah, the algorithm is. is, but yeah. So the, the other thing that I was, I was thinking about, because... Like I had always historically heard that for for like male donors, it was usually like a couple hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks here or there. For female donors who donated eggs, like that's where you get into like the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands, yeah. It's a lot more invasive pro uh, process. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like I didn't realize there was such a shortage of of you know black or especially like Caribbean it's male sperm. 
Because I'm out here giving this shit away for free. like <laughs> Right. And you know how many guys say, they're like, dude, I would have just, and I'm like, yes, because no. Yeah. Some people you just know not to procreate with. But <laughs> the thing is, it's also supply and demand. Yeah, right? wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. wait a second. Are you telling me that some of your male friends came to you and said, listen, come on, Ma, I got you. What do you need? And you was like, no, no, thank you. Absolutely. That's a hard no. Yes. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a horrible thing because your female friends know you ain't shit. Like, it's like, come on. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I saw what you did the other day. Come exactly. on. Exactly. Or you know they a little slow sometimes. Like, they on a short bus or they, uh, or they don't ride on the way up. Uh, or you, their feet, they have features that I could have one guy friend. He's like an inch taller than me. We're not having Smurfs. I'm sorry. We're How just tall not are you? Going to. I'm five to two. I'm tiny. Yeah, you're tiny. <laughs> so, like, uh... No, we're not. No, we're not procreating. Or you have your moments where I wonder if you know you're on your period, and that <laughs> means you might be a little schizo. So no, I'm not running the risk of knowing or not knowing that you might be off a little bit, and you procreate with me. Yeah. And what if I'm a little off and don't know it, and then now we got some off kids? No, thank you. Because, like least, I said, if I'm gonna build a baby, let me build what I want. Right. Because you at least you at least you got the science behind it. So it's crazy because I like correct. Because we joke around. Like I remember being in college and me and my friends joking around about it. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna go to the bank or whatever. And in my head, I was always like, and I know the reason I never did it because I was like, I can't imagine. You know, knowing that there's like little people out there floating around that I have no yep. interaction with. And I actually met, or, or so I used to like hang out at bars for that reason alone. Like, all right, well, you're fine. Let me ask you if you want to run me some nut. But, <laughs> anyways, I would like for real ask guys, like, hey, you want to go half on a baby? And I'm dead serious. Yeah. I want nothing from you. We'll sign all the paperwork. And some of them were just like you, and I couldn't even be mad at it. They were like, no. If I have a kid, I want to be a part of it. And you sound, you seem like a great woman, but I couldn't just leave you with a child knowing that I went half to you. Yeah. And I was like, that's no, you're not my kind of guy then. Next, like, I would literally, like, work through them. Like, I, 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 I've absolutely been there. Like, I've, I've had the conversation with people who are looking like, okay, yeah, I just want a baby. And I'm just like, yeah, nah. Yeah. Nah, I, like, I can't. So, so we've been at this for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, we're getting to the point where we want to wind down. So I want to give you an opportunity, you know, to speak uh, some of your uh, piece. But before that, um, did you ever consider adoption? I did. And I looked into it and it was double to triple what I paid just to get pregnant the way I did. What do you mean? It's expensive. It's at least 50 to 60,000. In addition to that, I was a single woman at the time, which means my name would have been on the bottom of the list. And I can't compete with people who've either been on the list for years and or make way more money than me and or are a husband and wife unit. And it was just me by my lonesome. So I would have been less likely to be afforded a child. You mean a newborn, though? We're talking about a newborn. No, not even that. Even like looking in the foster care system and all that stuff, even with some kids that are like currently available, there's still very um, stringent steps you have to go through and be qualified for. And I just didn't fit the bill at the time of what that looked like. Okay. Um, what is your plan to tell your children about their dad? Um, my four-year-old has been asking that since he was about two. Um, really? And I'm very honest. So, so, so how did he ask? Um, Mommy, where's my daddy? So he goes to school or he's around other kids that have a daddy. He, 
Yep. And he sees them. Mommy, where's my dad? Yeah. So for a while, he used to call me daddy. <laughs> and so I had to explain to him, like, I'm the mommy. He's like, oh, so you're the mommy daddy. Okay. You're... I'm like, oh, that's not how it works. Like um, so, I, <laughs> so I explained to him, I said, hey, look, you know, you don't have a daddy like you see your other friends. Um, mommy had to find someone and mommy went to a doctor and the doctor helped mommy get pregnant. Um, but hopefully in the future, mommy will have a daddy for you. But for now, you have uncles, you have godparents, you have some amazing um, male friends that mommy has that will serve in that same place. And he's like, oh, okay. And then off he goes. <laughs> and we're so, going to write a book about that this year, too. So I'm looking forward to that. Still, so it sounds like you're still open to um, a relationship. Hell yeah! Run it! Like, <laughs> so, so, I'm sorry. And this is probably part of me that don't know no better, right? Because I'm ignorant, I'm dumb, right? And, you know, when I hear, you know, uh, single mama by choice, you know. The misconception uh, is that you yeah, don't want to be. The misconception that you don't want. No, for you, That's it was it. more of the biological imperative and, and you Correct. being pushed against that wall going, Correct. no, it's either do or die. It's now or never. I got to make this shit happen with or without somebody at my side to help me along with Correct. the process. Because I promise, if I could have busted open for a real one and did it the old natural way and had a whole daddy there, that's what it would have been. But unfortunately, God said no. You're going to do it a different kind of way. So, <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm definitely open. It's just, you know, who wanted to come along and, you know, make this thing official. Got <laughs> And um, no, I, I promise you, I do not think you're going to have any problems with that. You'd be surprised, and then maybe that could be like part two, but you'd be surprised. So, um, you wrote a book. I did. The title of your book is? Infertility Can't Win. Infertility Can't Win. Um, when did you start writing? Um, I started, well, the book pretty much wrote itself, right? But I actually sat down and started writing it, I want to say maybe two or so years ago. Mm-hmm. And I started writing it and it was like, I spent maybe a week or two doing it. And then I put it down and I was just like, no one's going to read this. Who gives a shit? Like no one cares about me not being able to get pregnant. And I had a girlfriend say to me, someone's going to care and you're going to be able to be the vessel for someone's deliverance. And I said, all right, I want to block anybody's blessings. I want God to smite me or anything. So let me go ahead and finish writing this book. And then I spent three or four days banging it out. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so total time of like two, three weeks. In terms of as you're going through the process, were you on like support groups, like you know, websites and talking to other moms who were trying to conceive at the same time? I talked to a few women online just so that if we had both fallen pregnant at the same time or, or whatever number of women fallen pregnant at the same time, we could like celebrate each other. But then while I was doing those groups were all the times I didn't get pregnant. So then I stopped doing those groups. Yeah. Uh, because I would want to go in those groups and say, fuck y'all from, you know, at work. Yeah, and I'm like miserable. So <laughs> exactly. So I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer. So I stopped yeah. doing those groups. And, and actually I stopped telling people I was getting, or going through a process to get pregnant. So I was going through practically every time I got pregnant by myself, doing the whole thing by myself. Cause you didn't want the back end of people going, so how's it going? Correct. Or when it didn't work. I remember the, one of the first times it didn't work, everybody else was crying. I was like, Hey, do me, me, I'm yeah. crying. And and I had to like literally console other people because they were thinking they were going to get like nieces, nephews or, you know, or whatever the case may be. And they were like real hurt. And I'm like, well, but wait, I'm hurt too. And I just realized I couldn't be there for them and for me. Yeah. So you had to do it on your own. No, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. 
Clark, you got any, fi- uh, any final questions? I guess the, the other question is, you're continuing to write. Sounds like you have another book in the hopper. Yep. Where, can they, where can people find your book? So for now, because I'm self-published, I'm on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so check me out, Infertility Can't Win, on Amazon. Um, we'll see if I decide to push it any harder. But this book was really for me to release and tell my story. And so many people had begged me to share it. Um, so we'll really see how much I push it forward, but I do think this is a space that's pretty taboo, untapped. And the reason why I'm writing the second book, which is going to be with my oldest son is so that he can provide the child version at that age. Cause they understand at that age, how it feels to be a child conceived via IVF with donor sperm, knowing that you'll never meet your father. That, that's really heavy. That's Very heavy. And there's guilt there with me, but okay, so the focus isn't there for me, it's for him. All right. So, um, yeah, really quickly touch on that. You said there's guilt there for you. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you kind of want to know who you are, where you're from, you know, not just what country did your ancestry originate, but like, who is the other half of you? My son has a dynamic personality and everybody says he gives it from you, but what I'll never really be able to weed through is what parts came from me and what parts came from the donor. I think he looks like the donor. I don't think I should do it the way my kids look. But again, where does the, you know, where the dice fall? And I'll just never know that. And I know they're going to ask me lots of questions about the donor's parents or how was he growing up or did he have a crooked toe or, or whatever, you know, and I'm just flat out not going to be able to answer it. And now that my oldest is getting older, he's like, well, can you go get me a daddy? I swear he asks me this at least once a week. And I think he thinks I can go to a store and like pick one off the shelf. And you I'm like, you went and, he's saying you went and got it. Like, why can't you go get a daddy? Right. Like, you make sure can. Again. Right. Right. It's called Tinder. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, start swiping, ma. I mean, come on now. And so I tell him, I'm like, hey, I'm working on it. He's like, okay, you'll go get one tomorrow. You're off. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. And so, and so they have the same donor father. Correct. Okay. Correct. And then I'll throw another little hook out there. So, of course, you do part two. Um, that donor actually has had conceived two other children. So, I plan to meet one of the sons um, this year, and then there's a daughter. And I think I've tracked down the mom, so that potentially my kids can meet their sister. And how, how old? Uh, one. The son is. Three and I think the daughter is three too. I would have to go back and look because you can register your kids under the donor so that you can all see how many were conceived or who was conceived by that donor. And then if you ask for the connection, they'll give you the connection. If the, if the parents, parents see fit, yeah. if the parents see fit, yeah. Okay. But I'm like, hey, let's all be, let's get together, let's make sure that our kids aren't fucking each other in the future. Like that's where I'm at. But yeah, <laughs> everybody isn't there yet. Right. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, I'll say that this journey has been humbling. This journey has shown me my strengths. It's shown me my areas of need, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, there are days where being a single mother by choice is hard. And I hope that I'm not a single mother for the rest of my days. Um, but if you know someone that is going through infertility challenges, or if you are aware of someone who is looking to, you know, develop their family, whether they're in a relationship or not, just be supportive. And mind your damn business, because their uterus is not yours. But if they do see fit to share it with you, just be a friend, be there, because 
it's a, a tough battle that no one should have to go through on their own. Okay. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Absolutely. We honor you. And we love you. Thank you. Okay. Amen to that. Amen. Thank I mean, you for sharing. Listen. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's a, it was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you both. Thank you for having me. Thank okay. you so much for being on. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. We appreciate you all for listening in. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media formats, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the major podcast formats. David, anything else you want to add? Absolutely not. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?